Hi, Wes. Good to be back with you for Coffee Pods. Yep, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Today, guys, we are looking at ministry and ministering to the whole person. And this is part of our series we've been following now for a few weeks on supernatural God and supernatural works. And uh, interestingly, we also looked at this at the Healing Academy uh, at the weekend just gone, and it brought out a lot of questions and thoughts. Um, So we are continuing it this week with our uh, podcast, but also you can join us at the Acorn Lounge uh, on Thursday, 10th of March, where just over discussion with one another, we can go through one another's questions and thoughts on this. And then you would think we've got a plan together, Wes, here. We're also looking (laughs) at it a little bit further um, at the weekend on the 12th of March, where we are going to look at inner healing. And there's also opportunity to receive ministry uh, in that moment as well. So we really have um, got a good little package here where we can explore this in quite a lot of depth. But enough of me wittering on about that. Why don't we talk about ministering to the whole person, Wes? Um, why is this yeah. important? Why is it such an important thing? Well, I think one of the interesting things really is is the way that you um, see yourself um, obviously affects the way that you're going to to live your life. But uh, uh, apart from that, the way that I think then that you see God and the way that we relate to God um has an impact on the way that we see ourselves and then it has an impact on the way that we're going to live our lives and in fact um i think it's gk chesterton who said that when we lose our belief in god we are likely to believe anything and so it it really interested me that particularly in relation to um a, a couple of stories in scripture when um one is moses when he has this burning bush moment and interestingly enough he he asks god two questions really he says to god who are you (laughs) you know who shall i say that you are and then he says and who am i you know that that i should go and so there seems to be that thing that is connected between our understanding of who god is and our understanding of ourselves and funnily enough um peter has the same sort of experience with jesus at Caesarea Philippi, uh, you know, when he says, Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And actually that story took place around a a rather large rock, um, which was sort of dedicated as a bit of a shrine to the god Pan, funnily enough. And um, it's at that point, Jesus says to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, you know, they say one of the prophets or this or the other. And And then Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And uh, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. It's then that Jesus says to Peter, you are called, um, you know, Simon, but you're going to be called Cephas, Peter, rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church on the confession of who Jesus is. And of course, there's the rock imagery of, you know, the dedication to the, the, the God Pan. But then is. Here is uh, Jesus saying the confession that he's the Christ is the rock. And two things, isn't it? Jesus, uh, who is Jesus? And then Jesus tells Peter who he is. And so this whole image of God thing is all sort of woven in together. Yeah, that's incredible. And it, it just kind of makes you want a moment, doesn't it, where you ha- you ask God, who do you say I am? And <laughs> he just reveals it like that. 
do you know that's not a bad question to ask Lisa is to say to God God show me who you see me as show me who I am and um, it can be a sort of a an encouraging um, uh, answer and it can be a challenging answer as well because God does deal with love and reality at the same time but that's not a bad question to ask Lisa yeah, actually, we at the Healing Academy at the weekend uh, in our discussion group, we were saying that often when we minister to other people, um, we're very passionate and very um, aware of wanting to know the person that we're praying for's identity and encouraging them in it. But we're quite we neglect our own quite a bit. So when I go to pray, I'll ask God to reveal to that person who they are but then also it's really important that we do the same for ourselves as ministers yes it is and 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 funnily enough it's 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 in a funny way it's quite significant because I've noticed that in some moments of prayer ministry um you know people have seen a model of praying for somebody you know whether it's the man in the white suit or the lady in the white dress or you know you put your hand on there and you do this and whatever and actually sometimes by following a model of ministry we neglect the fact that God has made us who we are and and we neglect to minister in the the good of the life that he's given us and I guess sometimes it's because maybe we're not sure that you know that's enough and so we we sort of try and copy somebody else's style of ministry. But I would say for those who are involved in as prayer ministers, praying for other people, you know, God made us the way we are. And and it's through the expression of his life in us. That's enough for God to work. We don't have to become like somebody else. So your thing about understanding our, our own image of God is really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to ask a big question. Um, Okay. (laughs) I know that you'll help us narrow it, you know, narrow it down and focus. But who are we, Wes? You you spoke in you spoke in the Healing Academy about being made in the image of God. And um, what does that mean? Well, it, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because um, God is Father, Son, and Spirit, so He's the Trinity. And if anybody sort of says, "Yeah, but the Trinity doesn't appear in the Bible," well, it does on a number of occasions. The baptism of Jesus is. Uh, a case in point, Jesus is in the water as the Son. The Father is speaking from heaven and the Holy Spirit comes down and rests upon Jesus in the form of a dove. So you've got the Trinitarian uh, aspect there already. So if we're made in the image of God, then we carry in the small, in the micro, if you like, what God is in the big, in the macro. So the fact that, for instance, that God is love means that I have, as made in his image, I have something of that capacity to love. The fact that God is a relational being gives me that capacity as as well. You know, I meet people who say, I'm not uh, just not a people person. And actually, I, I don't accept that because actually, if you're made in the image of God, you were made for relationship. Yeah. That's that's the way it, it is. And I understand why people say I'm not a people person, but you know, I, I know what they're, they're trying to communicate. Yeah. But then you think about the characteristics of God: his ability for creativity, uh, his ability to sacrifice. And um, the one that really sort of surprised me was God's ability for humility. I mean, just think about that, that God was not only 
dealing with humanity but in the incarnation the coming of jesus he restricts himself to the shape to the size of a baby we love that but the bigger thing is that god then restricts his his reality to fit in within my life and i think sometimes i must be restricting god an awful lot but you know just think about the humility that that takes to come and inhabit someone like me you know and so it was all those things about who we are that we carry these capacities, these characteristics of what God is like. And we have the capacity for righteous anger. Do you, know, you have the capacity to be angry, but not sin, because God has that same capacity. So it's those sort of things that really made me begin to think, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? And in a sense, how much can I live in that image. And, and funnily enough, um, the one of the things about inner healing, Lisa, is not just, it's not about healing the wounds that have prevented us being us, but actually it's written in reality, it's healing the wounds of the past that prevent us from living in the image of God that we are made in. Yeah, that's so true because certain things can rob us of our own humanity being made in the image of God um, and, and then ultimately our spirituality as well, you know, our relationship mm. with him. Um, mm. what, what sort of things would you say, Rob, us of that? Well, I mean, there's stuff in life, isn't there? I mean, there's experiences. I mean, you can do everything from the, from the relatively trivial, you know, the, the minor disappointment to the absolutely traumatic, the things that have, um, broken as I mean you can name anything from your upbringing your education I mean I guess we've all had those moments when perhaps in choosing teams at school we were left to the end you know nobody yeah. particularly wanted us on their <laughs> team because we don't necessarily have the all the abilities <laughs> that you know alpha male and alpha female were looking for but down to very tragic things you know I, I've known people whose lives have been really wounded by a separation or a divorce or even at times the death of a loved one of, of missed opportunities I, I know people who's who live with the FOMO uh, factor fear of missed opportunities or fear of missing out and it almost they, they missed something in life and it sort of almost paralyzes them for making choices in the future but then there are genuinely the sins of others, as well as our own sins that leave us with wounds. Um, I mean, everything from those who have been um, just ignored and unloved to those who perhaps have been subject to, tragically to some uh, aspect of abuse or whatever. There, there are wounds of word and deed and of attitude that, that have, have had a way of not just touching our lives but getting in them you know when you get a splinter and and you can't see it but you know it's there because every time your your finger touches something you feel the the yeah. the, the, the presence of it's there and you, and you do everything you can to, to sort of get it out and you know when it's gone even though you might have a little sort of nick in your skin where you know you did it with the pin and the tweezers and stuff but you know it's gone and and of course in the end the th those things mar the image of God in us because it's like a thorn that's in us that gets covered up but actually you touch that place a comment a word an action a memory 
as something and you immediately find you're back there with the pain and 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 even at times you know in in i've known in times with with, with uh christians where leading churches um where in a moment in a meeting a song a, a message or something that somebody has said and and it just touches it again and the thing's alive again yeah. and, and and it's all someone described it it it, it just came like nikam digital stereo full technicolor again they were there again and so those wounds sit in us that mars the image of god it mars our ability to live in the present it mars our ability to hope for the future it mars our relationships with others perhaps or even our relationship with god yeah i think uh, that's just so relevant at the moment um i mean i as you were speaking i was thinking of the word triggers um you know we we have triggers don't we um but actually I, I wonder how much we are encouraged to deal with or or not deal with but bring to god i suppose um what is tr- the the deeper root of why we have these triggers um because we could be carrying that for years and saying well that's a trigger um and it brings back old memories and it's just highlighted to me the importance actually of of bringing these things to him yeah and and of course it, it can be um in in any shape or form it, it can be just as simple as unforgiveness and, and business yeah. but, it, but it also can be such an incredible deep wound i know somebody who um on their wedding day uh, somebody did something and uh, it, uh, the deed that was done was thoughtless and, and arrogant and it was stupid. And, you know, um, as my mother would say, I, I want to slap them with a wet fish. I mean, that's a Yorkshire <laughs> saying. saying so, you know. <clears throat> but, uh, but that person kept that wound for 60 years. Wow. And, you know, uh, but you would have. You know, looking them in church and whatever, you'd have never known it, but it was always there when the person's name was mentioned or when the event came up. And actually, I think at times uh, in church, we're in danger of papering over our cracks or even in our services, papering over other people's cracks because we don't want the embarrassment, the inconvenience, the, the upset of dealing with stuff that is really shaping our lives on a hidden but an ongoing basis um and 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 i just think about i mean on this pretty extreme scale okay (laughs) but just think i bet nobody expected on day one of jesus ministry that there would be a guy in their nice synagogue who was who was demonized but there was clearly something there but you know religion never dealt with it um, but then the kingdom comes. And, and that's, I guess, in a sense, what I would say to people is this. This doesn't have to be ho- horrendous and it doesn't have to be as traumatic as the event that took place or whatever yeah. happened. And it might have a moment of pain, but it, it does become precious because the kingdom of God, look how Jesus comes. And the thing is dealt with. You know, it's not relived and done again and whatever, but the kingdom of God sweeps in and, and he deals with it. And I think sometimes in the church, we we do paper over cracks. We don't help people to find life and freedom. And I think that is something we always need to look at. Absolutely. Yeah, such a key point when it comes to ministry to the whole person. Um, and so as we just sort of wind it down a little bit now, 
um we've looked at some inner inner healing needs haven't we here that obviously we're uh what's going on inside affects us as a person um but also there's the inhumanity to man isn't it to humanity there, there's the things we do to one another i mean ukraine mm. and russia perfect example right now where mm. it's just i uh, just bizarre how god must feel um the way the way that we hurt one another and um, mm. what are your initial thoughts on on inhumanity to humanity well, I think the interesting thing is that, you know, in, in Ukraine, and it's true for, for those listening today with our own personal stories, people are, have lost loved ones, they've lost homes, they've been displaced, they've had to leave, you know, fear for their children, for their parents and, and stuff. So, so there are huge individual stories, personal stories that, in a sense, um, being made in the image of God, um, that image is being threatened and and violated and and lost and so there's going to be a whole journey of people's personal stories being healed their memories being healed the the thorns of these events being taken out and healed and it's going to take time but the other thing i guess on a bigger scale is just about the the restoring the image of god to a nation you know the healing of a nation the healing of the the the, the corporate consciousness of, of the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia as well, who yeah. uh, you know and and uh, who are suffering this and unhappy with it at the same time, and actually it made me um, reflect back on the fact that the earth is the Lord's and that He hasn't yielded that up, and that gives me hope and confidence that the process of healing can take place and it can begin because God hasn't neglected this, even though, you know, we're in moments of saying, God, you know, how long, <laughs> how's this going to be? But what I would say to people today is this, that we may have suffered uh, in humanity from other humanity. Things may have been done to us, uh, towards us, about us, and just sitting listening to the podcast, you know, the one thing you could do right now is you can come in a moment and say, Jesus, please lead me out of this. The answer might not come instantly, you know, like that, but actually you can begin right now to say, Jesus, please, please bring me out of this. Please, please bring me into connection with those who can help me journey out of this and journey into life and into freedom in the, in the kingdom. Because that's what God wants. The thing that we said this week at the Healing Academy, Lisa, was that God wants us well and whole. And, and whole is in inverted commas. I, I know what's whole for me. I don't know what's whole for everybody else. Yeah. But the Jesus died on the cross to make that possibility. And the Holy Spirit is present and active in God's world to put that into effect. And so that's how we begin to look towards the process of finding healing so that we recover the image of God. Brilliant. Thank you. So um, as we said before, if you want to look at this a bit further, we've got some stuff coming up this week. It's all on our website, 10th and the 12th of March. But Wes, um, could you kindly pray, please? Yeah, let's do that. 
if as we've been talking today, you've felt the presence of either thorns or splinters, whatever it might be, then first of all, know that the love of God is with you, that you're not listening to this by accident, that God has a journey that he's inviting you in. So, Father, I ask today, because of Jesus and because of his love, Lord, whoever listens to this, whenever they listen to it, Lord, I ask that you will answer our prayer, that you will lead us out of this, and that you will bring us into a place along with others who can journey with us to enable us to live in the image of God that you gave to us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Wes. It's been really good to chat again and I'm looking yep. forward to seeing everyone soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.